0: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
1: Silicon win, Silicon win. Now from the Stevel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman.
2: No, Tom Ackerman today. He's got the call of the Cardinals game on Bally uh, Sports Midwest. So uh, my name is Matt Pauley. Very happy to uh, be able with, to be uh, with you today. I uh, want to give you a bit of a uh, a report on what's going on at Cardinals Spring Training Report. It is sponsored by Norm's Bargain Barn, Wookiee Window and Door, and St. Louis Composting, Growing Gardens and Making Memories. First off, a weather report down here in Florida. It is really raining. It is really raining. Now, you look at the forecast and the radar and everything, it looks like the rain should be stopping in the next 10 to 15 minutes. So, you know, again, we're knocking on wood here. Uh, hoping that that's not going to impact things for the uh, for the game today, but I didn't realize it, and I was just kind of locked into doing what I was doing, and all of a sudden I heard in the background a noise that I didn't recognize, and I looked up, and it was indeed raining. It looks like it is starting to uh, to taper down a little bit right now, so that is uh, that is some good news. Cardinals match up against the Marlins today. It is going to be uh, Drew Rom on the mound, left-hander, and It's going to, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. The Cardinals are in a pretty good spot right now when it comes to having guys who, if you need a spot start here, a spot start there, having guys that you feel like could go out and give you a chance to win. I'm not sitting here saying that you want these guys in your five-man rotation to open up the season. They're probably still a little bit of ways away. But when you think about a group, uh, that includes Matthew Libertor, includes Zach Thompson, includes Drew Rahm, includes Gordon Graceffo. Uh, There's some other guys in there as well. It just seems like uh, there are th- there are individuals in the organization that are ready to help out the big league club if need be. I said that the other day. I was doing the streaming broadcast with Mike Claiborne, and I said that the other day to Claibs, and his response to me was, yeah, but you kind of felt that way last year too. And he's right uh the the only difference I would put on that is you know last year speaking specifically to drew Rahm, last year he wasn't called up to make a spot start. he was called up to be in the starting rotation and just be there for for the rest of the way and i there's I think there's a difference between bringing somebody up and telling them you just got to make one start here. You make two starts. We got a guy injured and just handing the keys to one of the spots in the rotation to somebody. It, it's a small difference, but I think it's notable and I, I just feel more comfortable at this point uh, right now. It's obviously a lot easier to be comfortable with things on March 3rd when you haven't played any games that really matter at this point. Uh, and, and we'll see what the what the tune is once the actual season does get started. They lose yesterday by a 7-1 score again. Drew Rahm is going to be uh, on the mound today. We're also uh, learning, we found out uh, today, that uh, Cardinals catcher uh, Ivan Herrera not in today's lineup uh, because of a shoulder injury. We'll ask John Moselock about that when we talk to him uh, near the bottom of uh, the hour. But Oliver Marmol stating earlier today that uh, Herrera felt uh, a little bit of a stinger when he uh, when he was taking uh, swings on Friday morning, uh, that's according to reporting from uh, the Post Dispatch. So uh, he's a little bit banged up. That's a that's another spot where when you look at this team and you look at the overall depth, you want that top catcher at AAA to be somebody that you're comfortable calling up. If and when one of your top line catchers goes down, if a uh, Wilson Contreras or if an Ivan Herrera end up missing time, are you comfortable with that third catcher? And right now, a uh, Pedro Páez would probably be the guy who would get the first opportunity. And I think he's acclimated well. It seems like pitchers enjoy being able to throw to him. He's somebody that the organization uh, certainly thinks pretty highly of. We continue on a on an everyday basis hearing from fans asking. Are the Cardinals going to do more when it comes to? Um, are the Cardinals going to do more when it comes to uh, bringing in another starting pitcher? And I don't, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I wouldn't completely rule it out at this point in time, uh, but I, I don't see a scenario where a Blake Snell ends up with the Cardinals. And when you look at Blake Snell and look at where he probably is going to uh, end up. Giants, Yankees, Angels are the teams that are in there. There continues to be a lot of discussion about Jordan Montgomery. Is there any possibility that he could return to the Cardinals? I just, everything you read, every little rumbling that you get uh, certainly makes you feel like that a reunion is not going to happen. Uh, Does, do the Rangers at some point come back around on him? Uh, There was a Zoom call this past week with the Red Sox. It seems like these Boris clients that are are signing deals now. We saw this with Cody Bellinger going to the Cubs. Bellinger signed a three-year deal, but it had an opt-out after the first and second year. Matt Chapman signed a deal with the Giants, but it had an opt-out after the first and second year. I think that is the route that Scott Boris is going to be going now with these guys, getting them respectable money over a, a two, three, four year contract, but also putting opt outs in there so that they can kind of read the room and evaluate the market going into next season and, and, figure out whether or not it would make sense to opt out and try to do this whole free agency thing again, because clearly these Boris agents or these Boris players have not gotten the kind of money that they wanted to get. And now we're at a point in time where they just got to get a deal done. If you're Blake Snell, you got to get a deal done. If you're Jordan Montgomery, you got to get a deal done to a lesser extent. If you're JD Martinez, you got to get a deal done and, and maybe they're saying they're waiting to see whether or not somebody's going to get injured and their market is up but we're close enough to the season that they, they got to get a deal done. All right, City SC, they picked up a really, really nice victory yesterday, 2-0 over New York City FC. Uh, Lutz Fondstiel, the uh, sporting director for City SC, he will join us in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's a sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX.
1: Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data needs. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. No Tom
2: Ackerman this morning. He's going to be on the call on the television broadcast of today's Cardinals matchup against the Marlins. My name is Matt Paulie. I am down in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, the rain has let up, by the way, here. So uh, hopefully we're able to get Cardinals baseball in this afternoon. Uh, coverage set to begin this morning at 1155. As you just heard a moment ago, Great night for City SC. They pick up a 2-0 victory against uh, New York City FC yesterday, and uh, we're very happy to welcome on to the program he is the uh, sporting director for City FC. He is Lutz Fondstiel. Lutz, appreciate you taking a, a few moments with us today. How are you? How are you, How are you? Doing all right. It felt like yesterday's win. The team kind of found their identity a little bit more from, from last year, and that's what we saw a lot of last season. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, uh, looking back, I mean, it was only our fourth game. I thought the first game against Houston in the Champions Cup, we did similar pretty well. Um, Also, the game last week was difficult, but uh, we didn't play a great game against Houston in the the midweek game. So the reaction yesterday to, to, to show our real face again, to play our style, to, I would say, Be out there and straight away uh, set the tone from minute one to minute 90 and play that through and press it through and and give New York a really difficult time. I think, uh, as you said, it's perfectly right. It was uh, very, very similar to what we did last year.
2: Considering just the the build up to it, because that matchup against Houston, a loss, the run in the Champions Cup comes to an end, get back late, one day for for recovery, only one day really of being out on the pitch to work on things. How proud are you of your group that they were able to put in all this work, even when a lot of it did not happen on the field, and and bounce back in a very short amount of time and put that kind of effort uh, on the field yesterday?
3: Yeah, but definitely very happy, you know, and uh, I think uh, it was uh, that moment when it's all about character, it's all about mentality. Uh, Bradley uh, had a good team talk with the guys after coming back from Houston, uh, set them down and, and, and we went through what made us really good last year. Where do we have to be if we just think we can get out there and, and, and play a little bit of football?
2: Do we lose Lutz here, or do we lose my connection? Hey, Lutz, are you still there? I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, sorry, we lost you for just a second, and uh, we're continuing to talk with uh, City SC Sporting Director Lutz von and Steel. Uh, The what when you, when you talk about Bradley talking with the team about the things that they need to do that made them great last year, what are those things? What what did he mention in that meeting?
3: Yeah, you know, basically stick to our principle. Do that what made us good last year. and That's just being more intense than the opponent. Uh, be hardworking. Uh, do what we are best at, and and that that's our style. You know, and I think uh, this is what made us last year different from from the other Western Conference teams. That we had, always had a good plan. We had a clear identity, and that's how we want to play. And you had that feeling yesterday from the first moment onwards that New York City, they spend a lot of money in the offseason. They have technically very gifted players. But we didn't give them a second on the ball to breathe. I mean, they mm-hmm. were just wondering, where is this energy coming from? So we always were right in their face. We never let them play. And that's when we started to play our game. And, you know, we were not just good against the ball. I think we also attacked very well. We hit twice the post. We created enough chances. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, we definitely... Uh, rewarded ourselves with a good game with two goals and three points.
2: It's it's pretty remarkable when you compare one game to the next because in that matchup against Houston, the team gets outshot, and then it's the ax. It's the absolute opposite. It's a funny game, isn't it? Sometimes where you can look so different over just a three or four day period.
3: Yeah, definitely. But we you know we were aware that uh, the game we played we played in Houston that it was not our. Our best day for sure. We just couldn't get the intensity up as high as we wanted to. And uh, I think everybody was disappointed. We didn't have many players actually who played up to their potential. And, and it just went through. We became sluggish and the whole game was not what we want to stand for. So coming back onto the training field, have a good talk, work hard, uh, understanding what we really want to do and then getting out yesterday in, in, in a full house again. You know, I mean, we played 12 against 11 because the, the support was was amazing. And I think that, that was the great thing, that we had that reaction. And I think if we know that, that we can – everybody sometimes plays a bad game. And sometimes you do have, have, have days where things are not going that well. But then come back and just shake it off and do out there, do your job, and really play another team off the field. I think that that's what, what we want to do in the future as well.
2: What a match for Celia Pompeu! He he hits the post early. He then scores a goal where he just basically takes three guys on and, and gets by and scores. And then he has the assist on the Dinaran goal later in the contest. And uh, Sam Dinaran, with his goal, he has continued to really put up big numbers for for City SC. Uh, I don't know, you know, we don't talk about him quite as much when it comes to. What he has done from a goal scoring standpoint and from an offensive standpoint. But you look at uh, last year and this year, uh, just individuals who have uh, been able to go out and uh, really produce scoring. He's, he's been right there. So uh, I think we've got Lutz back on. Lutz, can you hear me all right? I hear you very well. I heard you all the way. Okay, awesome. Very, very, very good. I was just talking about uh, Samuel Dinaran. We Maybe we in the media don't talk about this guy as much because he has been as much of a goal-scoring threat as basically anybody on this team since this team first got started. And there he was yesterday. I loved what he said after the game where his goal was just to kick it as hard as he possibly could, and he did, and it goes in.
3: You know, his uh, physical strength and his speed uh, simply makes him into a force. And, and looking also when – when Sam came back uh, after he was on loan in San Antonio, uh, the impact he had in the team was 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 tremendous. Uh, you know, he 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 just uh, does what he does best. He he works hard. He's clinical in front of goal, and uh, as I said, uh, because of his strength and his speed, he can open all the spaces for other players. So uh, yeah, definitely a very very great performance in this first part of the season. And Sam scoring his second goal and. Uh, I think, again, yesterday with that one, he kind of put the lid on the top by finishing that second one, which gave us a little bit of space to breathe. Being 1-0 up is always the dangerous moments of the game. Make one mistake or a free kick or a penalty or a set-piece or whatever, it still can hurt you. But him having that run and also making the choice, actually, not to pass it and trying to catch the goalkeeper on the short post, what he did by hitting it as hard as he said as he could, uh, that really actually... Uh, yeah, gave us the three points. Uh,
2: from a health standpoint, Parker and Nilsson were both able to, to play yesterday. How important was it that those guys were able to recover very, very quickly and be part of what, what you guys were doing yesterday?
3: Yeah, let me tell you, the last seven days were, were pretty spooky, I have to say. Suddenly <laughs> we have four uh, center backs under contract, which is the normal number and suddenly we have four guys with knocks or or, or injuries, and and, and we literally don't know who we should play as a centre-back. So we were fortunate enough that uh, it was more muscular uh, issues, smaller things which kept them out from a game or from a half, And, and to have two very experienced players like Tim Parker and Joachim Nielsen, I mean, that helps you a lot. They both played for many years at high level, and I think if you look through the whole back line yesterday, we defended really well as a team. Uh, Tim, of course, as the wise captain, and Joachim leading the ship there in the middle of the park. But it was not just them two who defended well. I think uh, Chris Durkin in this defensive midfield role had an outstanding game. Uh, Totland and Mark on, the, on as the two wingbacks did really well. So overall, you can't really single out any player yesterday because it was for me, to be honest, since we playing MLS, it was definitely one of the most complete performances we put on the field out there. We didn't give many chances away, we created quite a lot on the other hand, and we somehow had 90 minutes of pure intensity. So that was what we're really looking forward to go uh, in the future.
2: Yeah, it was it was great. I'm not I'll finish you off with this. I'm not trying to get you in, in, in trouble. So say what you can or what can't say. But from an officiating standpoint, the substitute referees are being used. I know there are a bunch of yellow cards handed out not specific to yesterday, but just overall and not just for City SC across MLS. Have you noticed anything when it's come to uh, the way that these officials are, are impacting the game? Has there been much of an impact?
3: You know, it's always a very, very tough uh, moment, I think, for the league of everybody involved. If there is uh, no clarity yet how the referee situation will be, I think uh, um, the the referees we had so far, they had no negative impact on the games at all. I mean, there is always, uh, you know, if you win a game, then uh, the referees were great. If you lose a game, then people looking at excuses and say, well, it was the referee. We never do that. We had lots of issues last year as well when there was no substitute referees where we were sometimes not happy with decisions, sometimes everywhere. we were. I think that's part of the game, and it's always an easy way out to, to blame the referee. I'm a strong believer that decisions, good or bad, they will level each other out in the course of the year, and the last person to blame is the referee. They, they're out there, they're doing their job, they're trying the best, and I think we just have to get on with it.
2: Lutz Fadensteel is the sporting director for City SC. Lutz, thank you so much for uh, taking some time. Have a wonderful week and uh, hopefully uh, another good performance from uh, City when they match up uh, against Austin coming up next weekend.
3: Thanks for having me on the show. All right,
2: very good. Lutz Fahn joining us on the program. We'll take a break. When we return, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosaylock, will join us. It's a sports on a Sunday morning from Jupiter, Florida on KMOX. John Mosaylock, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, joining us uh, right now here on uh, KMOX. Mo, do you have a, a weather update for us uh, on today's game since we're
1: grabbing you right here? Yeah, right now we're going to have to uh, start this game in a delay, and we're just sort of waiting out the forecast. You know, unfortunately, we had some pop-up showers or storms here about, I don't know, about 40 minutes ago, and it just kind of keeps building, so it hasn't just gone away. But we're hoping there's going to be a window, so fingers are crossed, but we'll definitely keep you posted.
2: What you know early on in spring training, it's so much about guys just getting acclimated to games and getting work in. As you're watching, has anything jumped out to you here in the the first week of Grapefruit League play?
1: You know, I think the the, the thing, the couple of things that come to mind just uh, when you ask that type of question. I, I think I'm pretty excited about what we're seeing from a pitching standpoint in terms of just how guys have prepared, what we're seeing come out of their arms, and you know, it's not like you know foot on the gas, just trying to go hard. But I think everybody's taking a really good strategic approach to how they're planning to get themselves ready for, you know, really less than a month from now in terms of an offensive standpoint, I think guys are just really more focused on timing. They're not getting the results maybe they want, but there's, there's no reason to panic yet. There's a lot of baseball to be played and And I think that just overall, I feel like just the vibe of this camp is much different than than a year ago, and I think partly that's because we're we're together. um you know last year at this point, we had players bopping all around the world for for the WBC, and so I just feel like that just what you're watching and what you're seeing when you're out in the backfields it's been it's been really encouraging.
2: You mentioned the planning from a starting pitching standpoint. We've got guys like Lance Lynn and, and Stephen Matz who are working on the backfields. Where you've got guys like Miles Michaelis and Sonny Gray and Kyle Gibson who are pitching great for league games. How much work goes into creating a very individualized plan for essentially every player that's in camp?
1: Yeah, a lot goes into that, and I think I think a lot of people don't realize how much work is actually being done and in the month of December and January leading up to this. And, you know, ultimately you want each player to, to feel confident in terms of when they need to be ready and what their expectations are of what ready looks like. And so, you know, anybody that's been around a spring training camp, the, the evolution of, of player input and what's expected of them and how they go out and, and do it, has changed dramatically over the years. And, you know, someone like a Lance Lynn, he's looking for touch, feel, what he wants to work on, and he'd prefer to do that sometimes on the backfields and rather in a, in a stadium game where he has a lot more control of uh, basically what he can work on versus when you're actually in a game. So I think, like, preparation and what people are working on is something that we don't broadcast. We don't basically say, oh, well, you know, Pitcher X is going to throw 70% change-ups today because he wants to just see that it's a working pitch. I think a lot of times we look at these, you know, through the fans' perspective of, are we competing? Are we, you know, winning games? Um, you know, I was at the game yesterday, and there were a lot of fans yelling at me because we weren't winning. And I was thinking, like, you know, like that's not necessarily the goal of spring training, to win games. It's, it's-
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
4: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's really about just getting ready for the season. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Millikens win! Millikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Uh, they are never going
2: to allow me to host sports on a Sunday morning again. Here is what has happened in the last hour and 40 minutes. We had Coach uh, Travis Ford on. His connection was not fantastic. We lose Fond and His, fanta- his co- connection was not fantastic. Then uh, John Moselock is a little bit uh, delayed because he's dealing with more important things with uh, getting the weather situation figured out. So we finally get him on. And then in the middle of our conversation, technical issues hit from my end and we lose my connection. So that is what has happened in the last hour and 40 minutes of a sports on a Sunday morning. I assume Tom Ackerman's going to be back next week. And you know what? Probably none of this stuff is gonna happen with Tom because this is the way things work out. I was so jazzed up. I was so excited about uh, hosting this show I've never done it before, and here we are. We've got, uh, we've got these type of issues. But we continue to uh, to roll forward. By the way, uh, we have received, a, and, and John Mosaloc mentioned this a, a few moments ago when we had him on, uh, but it is now officially coming down uh, from the Cardinals. The start of today's game will begin in a weather delay, and we'll see uh, what's going to end up happening in terms of when they're going to get started. So uh, John Rooney, Ricky Horton, they'll have the call of the game, I believe, uh, drew, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe we'll still get the broadcast started at our normal time of eleven fifty five so in less than fifteen minutes, uh, yeah, so we will uh. We will get to uh, our pregame at 11.55, and then we will uh, get things figured out from there on what's going to end up happening, on whether or not uh, this game is going to be played today, Cardinals and Marlins. I know they are hopeful about being able to get this game in. And what I was talking about with John Moselak before we lost uh, the connection is uh, just the the work that gets put in on an individualized basis for everybody who is going to... um, for for everybody in camp. And I, I think it's a really good point by Mo that a uh, Lance Lynn, as he weren't wants to get like a certain feeling on things. And let's say it's a, it's a certain pitch that he wants to be able to, to focus in on. If you're playing in a Grapefruit league game, you're not able to sit there and just throw that one pitch over and over and over and over again. I, I guess you can, but you're not going to. So, when you have a little bit more control over things on the backfields. So that I think everything is a little bit different. Where So that's why Lance Lynn is evidently more working on the backfields. For Steven Matz, they're just taking things very slowly with him. Uh, they want to they put him in position to be successful from a health standpoint. That's the most important part when it comes to Matz is his ability to go out and make a start every fifth day. That is something he's openly talked about this year. When he talks about his goals for this year, his goal is to take the ball every fifth day and go out there and, uh, and, and do that. So, it, I, And I think if you get the version of Steven Matz that you had towards the end of last season, that is a, that's a really, really good thing. And that's what they are going to be uh, shooting for. That's one of the... That's one of the wild cards of this year's season. That's something that if, if it can, if, if maths can be some version of who he was towards the end of the season last year, all of a sudden he pitches like a top of rotation kind of guy. That's what he was. It was only one month. And I look, I'm not, I am not trying to, um, to like overstate things in a, in a positive manner because it was It was essentially one month, not even it was less than a month. but what we saw from Steven Matz uh before he got injured last season and before his season came to an end a little bit early that was that was the best he had really been throughout his career and you you can't assume that that's what you're going to get from him because again it was a it was a few weeks it was a it wasn't even a month it was it was a handful of starts. he's got a lot more of a track record. In Major League Baseball, than just that short amount of time. But when you do try to put a positive spin on things, when you do, you know, start to squint a little bit and determine the the best um, the, the best possible outcome, I think you look at Matts and you look at what he did last year and say, if he pitches that way, you're a lot more comfortable with the rotation. Because what have we talked about this entire off season? We've talked about the fact that. They've got Sonny Gray at the top of the rotation. And then beyond that, you got a bunch of guys who kind of slot in as as, as fours and fives. And are any of these guys even a three? You know, when we talk about Jordan Montgomery, I think sometimes we almost romanticize Jordan Montgomery because of the run that he had in the postseason last year. But if you take a step back and really look at who Jordan Montgomery is, for a lot of teams, if he pitches to what he is generally pitched to in the regular season throughout his career, he's kind of a number three. Now, if the Cardinals were to bring him back, I think you look at him as the the second guy to Sonny Gray. But that's one of the problems with the with the starting rotation is how much high-end pitching are you going to be able to get out of this group beyond Sonny Gray? And I think that's where where the Steven Matz conversation becomes very interesting because of what Matts looked like when he was at his best last year—you can't assume that you're going to get that. You can't rely on that for sure, but um, that is something that is, uh, is is certainly noteworthy when it comes to uh, comes to him. By the way, starting lineup for today—if they get the game in—they are going to be starting in a delay. Uh, we'll get to uh, John Rooney, Ricky Horn, and more on that coming up in about uh, less than ten minutes. Uh, but if they're able to get the line—I—I I love the top half of the lineup. It really the top seven spots in the lineup, is is a really fun group to watch. So Victor Scott is going to lead things off today, and he is in center field. Paul Goldschmidt is the first baseman, batting second. Batting third, the second baseman, Nolan Gorman. Then Nolan Arenado, he bats in the fourth spot as the third baseman. Matt Carpenter is the DH, batting fifth. Jordan Walker bats sixth in right field. And then Mason Wynn is the shortstop, batting seventh. Uh, after that, you've got Siani and Raposo uh, in the eight and nine spots. Ciani's going to be given a lot of opportunities here down the stretch of spring training because there's a possibility that he's going to have to start the year on the active roster if uh, if you don't have Tommy Edmund available. And then uh, part of the reason that Raposo is in the lineup today catching, we talked about this earlier, uh, the fact that Ivan Herrera, he is currently uh, dealing with a shoulder injury. And with this shoulder injury, uh, he's not available. Uh, we was hoping to be able to talk to John Mozeliak a little bit more than that before we lost uh, connection. Uh, but according to Cardinals manager uh, Oliver Marmel, uh, that they he was able to take some what he referred to as 100% swings uh, earlier today. Felt no issues with the shoulder, so they are hopeful that he is going to be able to play here in the next uh, day or two. He has not appeared in a spring game since uh, since last Monday, so it's going to be a full week for him off uh, if he is not able to uh, get back into uh, if he gets back in the lineup coming up tomorrow. Uh, that would be that would be a full week off for him, but uh, yeah, they. Back to 100% swings, they'll see how he feels tomorrow, and if there's no soreness or anything that goes along with that, he should be in uh, pretty good shape. But that is part of the reason that the lineup is built today with uh, with Raposo behind the plate. Right now, Wilson Gutierrez, Wilson Contreras is on a certain schedule. Even Pedro Páez is on a, a certain schedule, and they'll continue to keep those guys on their respective schedules and uh, continue to uh, to move on from there. We'll be interested to see what Drew Rahm is able to do today, assuming that he does make the start. Start. uh Rahm in his last outings, uh, last outing. Excuse me. His uh, his first two pitches could have gone for home runs, and the wind brought him back in, and eventually uh, he was able to settle in. But he's somebody that even if he doesn't start the season in the in the big leagues, and he's likely to start the season at AAA Memphis, a guy that the Cardinals can can call on and rely on. And you know, part of the benefit of last season when you don't have a very good season. Uh, just the way things went with the trades that were made, the roster being depleted. A lot of guys were able to get some opportunities down the stretch of the year, and uh, that's what happened. So just another chance for somebody like Drew Rom to to show the Cardinals who he is, what he's been able to build upon uh, off of um, off of last season, and we'll see what he's able to do from there. So again, Cardinals, Marlins going to start in a delay We'll uh, hand things off to uh, John Rooney and Ricky Horton coming up in uh, just a moment or so, and then uh, we'll go from there. So uh, we will go through the normal pregame coverage with them, and then we'll get things started. We're not quite sure what time the game is going to get going. It does look like that uh, the rain will let up, but uh, also some stuff has been back building. So we'll just wait and see on if they're able to get the game in today. Thanks so much for being tuned in at Cardinals baseball. It is on the way next right here